You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. 162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com. This is where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay. Here we go. I think in the future, charts, just let me... Handle I'll let you handle it. That. Maybe I will. You can do the hey hoser. How you doing? Hey eh? hoser. Like that. Okay. okay. Okay, everyone. This record was my idea. Get out. It was. Hey, maybe we could remake Strange Brew now oh. that Top Gun has had such a spectacular <laughs> reboot. <laughs> we were uh, we were mulling over today on the show. 80s movies that are one-offs that have already not been made into a sequel as to what could possibly be rebooted. Yeah, now, it, it rebooted well or just rebooted out of interest? Well, it, we know most of them would not reboot well. Okay, then can I give you my choice, right, by immediate reaction? Okay. To me, I as as and maybe it's just time of life and how it spoke to me because it was perfect for me when it came out. In 1986, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. Here I am just having graduated from high school. And to me, so it's so iconic. The music, just the whole, the feel of it in a genuinely great movie. And then there's Sloan Peterson. Mm. Yeah. But uh, people have said we've, that, that movie, of course, came up and they said, well, you got to put a twist on it. So instead of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it would be Ferris Bueller pulls a double shift. (laughs) (laughs) And he has to work the whole day. Right. Now, part of the tricky part might be getting uh, the principal back. Uh, You may remember, you may remember the principal, Ed Rooney. Bueller. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
that was play. He was played by well, Jeffrey Jones. You know, they, who? They, yeah, is in jail. Sex offender. Be, oh man, I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. Well, there's ways like uh, you know, apparently Val Kilmer, who's you know battling throat cancer right now, yes, and not not winning, sadly, uh, was in the new Top Gun for just a few minutes or a minute, maybe whatever. One line that they used AI, artificial intelligence, to piece together Val Kilmer's voice for the one line he has in the movie. Did you know that? I did. I saw that headline, and I assume they just went through all of Val Kilmer's work to like get pieces of, of like different voices that he had done, to, so he said the right thing, and then they sort of smoothed it out. I don't know, but I'm glad. I mean, it's nice that they it's nice they found a way to include Val Kilmer, who was very important in the original movie, of course. Now, I want to know: Do you or do anybody you know have a? Are there anybody a conscientious objector to Tom Cruise? Oh, not. Not me. I I don't know anybody who is. I think you're stupid if you choose to live your life that way because it's not going to affect Tom Cruise and what he believes in or his Scientology or anything else. The one thing I appreciate about Tom Cruise is that he has stayed steadfastly politically neutral. Yes, although not religiously neutral. No, not. but I don't give a shit about that. I like the fact that I don't have to hear Tom Cruise lecture mm-hmm. me about gun control or abortion rights or tax brackets or any other thing. I like that. I think that's part of the plan to keep his appeal as wide as it can be so he can continue to funnel as much money as he needs to to Scientology. That's what it's <laughs> I think it all comes yeah. back to that, Dave. Uh, here's a couple other ones. How about 54 Candles? which is Molly Ringwald's current age. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. I don't know who ever came up with that, but that is so funny. You can't tell. Now, Molly Ringwald has sworn off that movie. I don't know if you know this or not. No. Because she feels that it is now the humor is insensitive, and she does not uh, want to be well, she does course. not want to be attached to 16 Candles anymore. Of course, you can't make any of the classic movies now, which is absolutely tragic. But hopefully, the pendulum swings and we go back to making rowdy, ra- you know, rowdy, raunchy, funny ass movies like Forty Year Old Virgin, Wedding Crashers, yeah. uh, Super Bad, you know, Knocked Up, that kind of stuff. And it all Why died around yeah. 2011 or thereabouts. Uh, maybe it died with me too. I don't know. Maybe that was maybe that was a, a, a unanticipated died, consequence. It died with the rise of social media and the ability for small bands of astroturfed Twitter mobs to influence not only studios but actors and agents and the media. The mainstream media started saying, "Oh, there's 12 people upset on Twitter about this. We should write a mm. story." And that began the great retrenching of tut tut, don't be funny. Tut tut, that's insensitive. A couple of the movies for you, real quick. How about Cocktail Two? Drinks are on you. <laughs> How about instead of Days of, Days of Thunder, Nights of Lightning? Mm. Oh, Nights of that—that that sounds like Cinemax to me, right there. How about in, um, instead I, I, of a few it, good men? Uh, how about a room full of assholes? Mm? <laughs> there's how about the- there's reboot possibilities out there, my friend. 
Uh, given today's climate, instead of stand by me, how about stand by them? Yeah, there you go. Uh, um, the- how about how about this one? Uh, it's not the breakfast club. It's the dinner at 430 club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the supper club. The old man's supper, <laughs> supper club, club in the upper Midwest. All right. Yes. Okay, let's get cracking here. The big story of the week is the Tommy Pham Jock Peterson slap heard around the world over a fantasy league dispute that has now roped Mike Trout into it today yes. because apparently he had loose rules as commissioner. Charge, you of all people should know intimate details of what this is about. Go. I do. Uh, so for people that don't know, and I think most people do, maybe only know the headlines, Reds outfielder Tommy Pham slapped Giants outfielder Jock Peterson over a fantasy football dispute going all the way back to last season. So this is a six-month-old, nine-month-old dispute that's been simmering all this time. Now, the issue was Pham didn't like that Peterson had stashed players on IR that had the out designation instead of the IR designation. Now, the irony of all of this is, at the time of this incident, Pham himself had a guy on IR who was listed as out. He had 49ers running back Jeff Wilson on his IR with the out designation, yet here he is getting in Then he was getting in Peterson's grill during the season yeah. about doing the exact same thing. Peterson goes to the rules, and the rules, they don't have very complete rules. And so the rules don't say either way on what, what designates somebody to go on IR. What platform were they using? ESPN. So they were defaulting to ESPN's rules. Right. And now this league, the buy-in, by the way, $10,000 with a $10,000 kicker the last place team had to pay into the pot. Uh. Okay. So I like that to keep people competitive. You know, I I once knew a guy who was sort of my peer that paid as much as ten thousand dollars to <laughs> enter a fantasy league. He won, but then had yeah, to give back thing. half his money on a steak and lobster <laughs> dinner that nearly broke him. Who was that guy? Scritches his chin. Yeah, don't know, but that guy sounds brilliant to get into a $10,000 league. And that sounds way. handsome and daring, actually. Kind of dreamy, actually. But anyway, I digress. So, yeah, so, so at one point now, they're in this text chain with all these players, by the way. And so these players, and by the way, like every clubhouse is a fantasy league. This is all over baseball. These big money fantasy leagues are extremely common, football leagues in, in baseball. So they, they all got them. And at one point during the text chain last year, Fam said to Peterson, next time I see you, I'm going to give you a pimp slap. And next time he saw him, he gave him a pimp slap. Yeah. He did it. So, and Fam said, the, the best thing about this whole thing is nobody contradicts anybody. They're all saying the exact same stuff. The very next day, Fam, when asked about it, said, yesterday I slapped him. I told him I would, and I did it. He <laughs> right. did some shit I don't condone, so I had to address it. Promises made. Promises kept, as politicians <laughs> like to say. <laughs> yep. And so apparently the way this went down, according to Jock, he came up to me and said, you remember from last year? Peterson said, and I'm like, fantasy football? He says, yeah. And then he slapped me. It was an unfortunate situation <laughs> so Peterson, over a fantasy football league rule that wasn't a rule. Peterson basically dared him to do it, right? Well, I think he didn't actually think it was going down right then. I didn't think he. I he probably didn't even remember. But when he said slap, but when he said, "Remember me from fantasy," 
Wasn't that yeah. an implied, hey, you said you'd pimp slap me. Where is it? Maybe, but okay. if I had told you last November I was going to pimp slap you, you wouldn't remember that either. Uh, I tend, so to, re- I I tend th- to remember those threats. You know, I'm not you a do. man of violence. You know, <laughs> <laughs> even a pimp slap. Yes, exactly. So, so, uh, fam, so fam by the way, the, was yeah. Fam did Fam lose his paycheck for three games? He did. Yeah. Oh my God! Suspension. What so did it? Co- what did it cost him? I don't know. It's a great question. We should look it up and figure out what the prorated. I'll, I'll three figure it out while you talk. I'll figure it out right 10, now. I bet, I bet it's, it's more grand. than ten grand. That's for fucking right. sure. So this exactly. was stupid. And by the way, I think baseball is completely out of line for sticking their nose in this. This was a personal dispute. It wasn't during a game. There was no great repercussions. Fuck off, Major League Baseball. This doesn't involve you. But violence is never the answer, Zabe. Right. We solve things yeah. with our words, not with our yes. fists. Yes. Our words. You know, here's, here's the thing. If you fight it out, they're done. They, you know, you get it out of the system. So now FAM's blaming Mike Trout, which you, uh, which you alluded to earlier, and saying Mike Trout did a terrible job as commissioner. He's the worst commissioner in fantasy sports. He allowed a lot of shit to go on, and he could have solved it. But here's the thing. Trout didn't want to be commissioner of the league. Nobody wanted to be commissioner. And the league basically just assigned him to be the commissioner. And what I like is that fam acknowledges this. He said, Trout didn't want the job. I didn't want to be the fucking commissioner. I've got other shit to do. He didn't want to do it, but we put him on it. So it's kind of our fault, too, because we made him be the commissioner. Now, Trout could have stepped in and sort of set the record on this and maybe save the day as commissioner. But you know you got to want to be you want to want to be in the middle of that kind of stuff. Right. That's what you're signing up for. Right. Well, that's why a lot of people are getting out of the commissioner business once and for all. Don't need the headache. The commissioners, I think, should get paid a stipend for doing it in leagues. I'd have no problem with that. It's a job. Well, in the old days, sure, when I was doing it by hand in Excel. But now the it's internet, not so much work. It's just a little. No, yeah, there's it's still it's some so organizing. Easy. That, it is. Okay. That's all. You're, you're just organizing for the most part until shit goes could be down. A, could be a small stipend then. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. All right, how about if you just do it because you love it? Okay. Here, how about be a commissioner of a league you're not in? And then that absolves any thoughts of favoritism. Right. Well, then you better pay me. I mean, if I'm not even in the league now, it's well, it would be it would be a reciprocal thing. You'd have a you'd have an association of leagues, like four or five leagues that guys you know, and say, all right, who's going to commissioner our league? You commissioner my league, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Of course, that's right. more organizing, and it's like you got to email the guy. And I don't give a shit. It's like, yeah, he can have him on his roster. What are you? You're not even paying attention to our league. So I guess that wouldn't work either. Here's your net net on the Tommy Fam suspension. Ready? Yep. He makes $7.5 million on a one-year deal. So divided over 162, that's a $46,296 game check. Jeez. Times three. $138,888 pimp slap. Wow. Wow. Now he really hates Jock Peterson. Big time. And probably fantasy football at this point. Exactly. Um, yeah, there's a, it's not, what I, is, I'm, yeah. What is ahead. the most common and contentious fantasy argument across all leagues, all platforms, all formats? Um, it's rules interpretation for sure. Like this one. Um, but if you, if you take that out, then it's the money. 
Because at the end of the day, it's the money is usually where friendships end. And they ha- it happens all the time in fantasy football, fantasy sports. Friendships end because of disagreements inside the league. And people will piss away a 20-year friendship over really whether yeah over an ir stash i mean this stuff happens all the time an ir and, stash i always thought trades were the most contentious which is why i would i would push for leagues in which you cannot make trades well no the right answer the, here's where the trade thing blows up save is some leagues are stupid enough to let the rest of the league vote on veto it. your trade like they have, like, so of course they all veto it again. You know, they all veto. So they all have, that's going to help one team more than another. So they have all have a veto. All it takes is one. Yeah, they have, no, they. But you have to get like a majority of the rest of the okay. league. Okay, but so they, that's but not they, a true veto. All, it's a vote. It's an approval it's vote. vote. It, yeah, but they can veto the trade in mass. And what ends up happening is if one person gets the perceived better side of the deal, and especially if it's a good team, the whole league just the whole league just votes it down. Even though well, the trade is with consenting fantasy owners, I know the pro. Well, the problem is, the you worry about somebody not caring about sucking to hedge against bad trades where there is one team that is clearly basically giving away players is for a very severe last place penalty. Yeah, that's but that is a different situation in which you need to penalize that owner and the commissioner has to go in and say you are cheating. I mean, you know, you're not playing to win, you're out. That's when you kick that guy out of the league right. and you undo the transaction. That's different than two consenting team owners and then having the rest of the league come in and go, "You know what? Uh, you know, I don't I don't like this cuz it's going to hurt my team." But ah. a reasonable trade is in the eye of the beholder. It's like pornography. Your grandma you know you see would have a dip. Well, <laughs> your grandma has a different opinion of it <laughs> than what you that's, might. So, right. so and, reasonable and is, is a very wide highway. That is why the rest of the league should get no say in it because they can't decide what's reasonable. Well, now, here's let me tell you the reason I left my last league that oh, I left. Oh, wow. And it was only a year ago. Wow. And this you is starting left to happen. The league. I did. Wow. Here's why. And this is, I'm seeing this happen a lot now. And commissioner did this and I don't like it. Lee, a team opens up. Some guy dropped out. Commissioner awards that team to his kid. I don't want kids in my league. That is a, if you got a bunch of, you got a bunch of our aged adults who now have kids that are old enough to play. They start foisting their kids into your grown up league with adults the beer drinking, smack talking, you know, my, you know, we've got all the team names like, uh, like, uh, two girls and one Cooper cup, you know, stuff like that. Right. So, you know, I want to be able to, I want to be you able to cut have loose, right. You don't want to trim right. The smack talk, the names, the inappropriateness yeah, that still exactly. lives gloriously in fantasy football. Well, it, it would it be then that you have to list your potential consulting advisors or co-owners or minority owners ahead of time? No, but don't bring your kids in. You got an adult league. Do you not say, force when you say bring it in into a kid into this your, league. Your kid could set your lineup every week, and nobody would know if you didn't tell them. That's on you, then. Okay, that's on you. So you're fine with that. You're fine with. An I don't adult... want that. Okay. What if you found out? What if you found I out? I wouldn't like it. Okay. I don't want it. I don't want your kid in it. 
I don't want your kid in my league. Now, if it's a family league, I mean, that's the design of the league. Yeah. Fine. But you do not bring your 12-year-old into a league of, of 45-year-old men. Well, the problem is, you know, a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, his his schedule's a lot more wide open than yours. <laughs> you hope so. so he can, yeah, so he can really dig in. And, and, that, <laughs> and that changes the dynamic of middle-aged guys trying to raise a family, pay the bills, keep a job, everything else. Well, yeah, and then what if you lose to the 12-year-old? I mean, then what? Oh, God. That's yeah, bad. You know, what, is, what does that say? Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, let's move on. Do you want bands or artists to chit-chat during a live concert? A little bit, some, a lot. I assume this arose from a recent concert you went to. I saw you tweeted about some band whose name I've never heard, but that's fine Correct. because that's your jam is these weird niche bands that you love. <laughs> and I'm it's guessing true. that band or that artist was very Gabby when you went to see him. This band is called Sigur Ross, and they're from Iceland. <laughs> Not a word spoken to the crowd the whole night, and I loved it. Wow! I loved it. I thought that was perfect. You know, and it's not because they can't speak English, because everybody in Iceland does speak English as well as Icelandic. Sure. But I love that they were just like, we're here for the music. We're playing our bit. We are not going to break the mood. And this is a very moody orchestral kind of band. And they just kept the mood going by just going song to song. And they, and they there was even really not much of moments, a moment of downtime between songs. Song to song to song to song. And I started thinking about it, and this is when I texted you, and I'm like, the value proposition on the, hey, I just drove up I-35 oh to come to God, Minneapolis. Oh, my God, the road I take to work every day. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yes. Yep. Yep. Had lunch at the at, at, at Genie's Diner down the road. <laughs> Went hey. to Big Boar Barbecue. Big Boar Charges Bar- like, ah, oh, my God. Uh, exactly. You know what? It's all just so much bullshit fluff filler. <laughs> uh, you know what? Freak, just bring the jams, baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. I. But I would think that you would want some artists to take a minute in between a little transition in the show to talk and to remind you they're a human being that you admire and they have a real life. Doesn't that humanize the performance i don't know that that's what i'm there for i guess if really? you if, if, if you're particularly gifted at it maybe you've just got your you know your bit down be gifted and, just a know. minute i just I don't, need a to, minute I don't need to charge. i don't know just what you had for lunch i mean what are you gonna talk <laughs> about i don't i don't just do we really have do we do you really have anything to say that's that important I, yes, uh, you say important again. I think it's a humanizing touch because let's say I'm there. See, I saw last major uh, act I saw in person pre-pandemic was Carrie Underwood. Right, love Carrie okay. Underwood. Great place. I, yeah, exactly. I, I like it when Carrie stopped and took a moment to just say a few things because it reminded me she's a real person and I really like her. And then she went back to singing like she does awesomely. And that was cool because I'm like, oh, yeah, now she's back to singing. She's a real person, and she sings, and I fucking love her, and she's hot as shit. All right, let's go. Maybe it's different for the bands that you see because these people are so much bigger than life, right? Carrie Underwood is a gigantic star. I don't know if you've seen Coldplay. You, you, you talked about humanizing them because maybe because they're such big stars at that point. I guess that so. They do, they do seem more 
human. I'm seeing certainly you know, a, a band from Iceland. You don't need them to talk very much. Just play your quirky <laughs> hits. <laughs> That's right. Uh, which, by the way, this Icelandic band has six number one hits in Iceland and is the best-selling Icelandic band worldwide history of Iceland. Wow. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Item three, did you see the moose versus grizzly bear video that shook free on the internet on Tuesday? No, but did they did they really fight? And can I predict the winner? Define if there is a winner. Define fight. Well, I'd like moose, to think that they yeah. grizzly bear. Here's the thing. I live in Minnesota. We have moose. We know about moose. Now, they, not in the suburbs like me. But when you go into anywhere into central to northern ha- part of Minnesota, you sure. know you do not fuck with a moose. No. Moose is lethal and a stone cold killer. That has that that moose has no compunction about killing a human being. Well, the males with the the antlers know mm-hmm. just how to use them as weapons and they're so large and so heavy that with a flick of their neck they will swing those huge antlers at you <laughs> like it's a medieval, you know, uh, you know, sword basically, and just crush you with it. Yes, but this was a this was a mama moose. And okay, she had, she had two baby calves. Oh, that's yep. And they were Not at the good. they were at the edge of a lake mm-hmm. with, with a hotel or a lodge that had a balcony overlooking them. And so that's how all this was caught on video. The people who stayed at the lodge were up there looking at the moose with their two youngins. Then yeah. they see a grizzly bear off in the distance, and you're like, oh, shit. The grizzly bear comes up, gets closer and closer slowly. The mama moose is there. The two calves don't even understand the danger they're in. It was actually right. kind of gut-wrenching. And the, the grizzly bear comes up slowly. The moose is not doing anything, and then the grizzly bear just wham jumps on one of the two calves. Wow! No way. Drags it away, <gasps> and the mama moose. All she does was she sort of shoes her other remaining still alive child into the water with her. No. And I'm like, wow! Oh my god! I, if you ever wanted to know. Gee, do animal parents have favorite kids too? The answer is (laughs) ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Wow. But the story wasn't over. It was like a multi-part video. And then later on, 
you can see the bear getting chased as the mama moose finally has had enough. She's like, I ain't losing both my kids today. She comes charging out of the water, chases the bear across the road. The bear is running at a full tilt away from the moose. It then veers left into the lower level of the lodge, smashes a window, bounces off the window, and then runs in a panic up into the woods. So clearly the bear was like, "Eh, even though this is not a male moose, and I could probably win in a fight. I'm not really eager to have it right now. Wow. Fucking now, nature, do, man. Man, it's, that's badass. Badass. Now, do we know what kind of bear, right? Grizzly. Grizzly. Grizzly is Fucking a big-ass bear. Grizzly. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, that's they're All brave. Right. Usually the bears are just more curious than hostile. It's the moose, though, that tends to be, like, just mean. Well, listen, if you were a dumb, dumb tourist who walked up to the mama moose and her two calves, like, oh, this is great. It'll be great for Instagram. You could have died. There was a woman yesterday, I think, who died in Yellowstone. She got gored by a bison, 25 years old. Wow. Ohio. Got too close to the bison, charged her, hooked her with its uh, horn, and dead and they say Unreal. the rangers say stay 25 yards yeah, minimum yards. away yes. from these animals so that's uh i if you i've been to uh, i've been to the western part of south dakota where you see bison everywhere just wild roaming yeah. around and everything but and there are all these signs up that are like basically don't fuck with the bison don't get out of your car don't fuck with the bison you will die while we're on viral videos did you see the video of the guy catching a baseball from yesterday with a kid in his arms Center field I, for not the yesterday, but I've seen these before. Where oh, it's like, another one. It's got the baby it's in his hand. It's one another hands one. it with the other bare hands. The ball bare hands one. it, and this one he is leaning over a railing over oh, what it they, over what so they he's... over what they call the batter's eye. You know the uh, tarped off section of the center field, so that yeah. uh, when pitchers are throwing, batters can see the ball cleanly and not have to pick it out amongst heads and bodies and t-shirts and everything else. So he's yeah. leaning out over the batter's eye. He's got a toddler in his arms only holding it at the waist area where basically the kid could fall over if he didn't have his balance right sorry i did not uh my mom's calling me for uh, my birthday i'm sure send send to voicemail i just (laughs) sent my mom to voicemail to voice on on your birthday on my birthday of all happy birthday which one which birthday is this five fifty four fifty four too old. What are you doing special on your birthday? I'm going to do day drinking and lose my car, and that's going to be oh, a good it sounds, day. Honestly, it sounds great. <laughs> it sounds I, like I, I, yeah. So I this, encourage you to do something like you know extravagant and expensive that you don't do every day, but not like chemotherapy. No, please. None on that. Where, no. where did that come from? Well, that'd be expensive and something you don't do very often. Okay. All right. Let's let's pick back to this baseball guy. So anyway, the guy catches the ball barehanded, kid in hand. Uh, not very securely grabbed, and he's leaning over the batter's eye. I thought it was insanely dangerous at first blush and very impressive at the same time, but then they showed that somebody had edited the clip, that the ball bounced first off the batter's eye, so it was coming down in a high lollipop fashion after a bounce. Uh, That made it easier. And then I realized that, yeah, the batter's eye was only a couple feet below the railing. So mm. while it wouldn't have been good to tumble over with a kid in your arms, 
probably wouldn't have been fatal. Would have killed, would have killed the kid. So, I mean, here's the thing. You're either a hero or the world's worst dad. If it's a scorching line drive and you are shielding your baby and catching the ball, you're a hero. But if it's a lofted fly to center or whatever, right, and you are just you just want a game ball and you're risking that this thing could hit your kid in the face, you're the world's worst dad ever. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with the barehanded kid-in-arm grab as long as you're not leaning over something. Because I trust that you're, you, you're going to be able to know where the ball's coming and it's going to be away from the kid itself. That the only damage is going to be to your hand or your pride. I just didn't like the fact this guy was leaning over. But you got to be careful these video clips on the internet. They are oftentimes sneakily edited. Edited, yes. Item five, no more Elvis-themed weddings in what? Vegas. Apparently, really? the company that owns the marketing rights to Elvis, Marilyn Monroe, a bunch of other icons, has sent cease and desist letters to several of the small chapels that do marriages, do weddings out there in Vegas with an Elvis impersonator. What makes ah. this even more galling is that the the biggest of the Elvis chapels out there, the Graceland Chapel, they have not yet received a cease and desist. Do you know how many... Elvis weddings they do a year at the Graceland Chapel? I bet they do five a day or something. It's going to be over 1,000 a year. (laughs) 6,400 a year. Okay, great. Just churning them out. (laughs) They're doing like 15 a day. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. They're booked nonstop. And it's like planes landing at O'Hare, basically. (laughs) So so anyway, these other chapels are like freaking out because this is their whole livelihood. There's Elvis impersonators that do these weddings. They're like, shit, I'm going to have to get an office job if this stands. And what's even more galling is apparently it's perfectly legal to impersonate Elvis on stage for a show that you charge people money for because of the so-called right to publicity law in in Nevada. But it doesn't apply to wedding chapels, apparently. Why? I mean, it seems like it's so arbitrary. And isn't Elvis in the public domain at this point? You would think. At some point, you know, can't you just be Elvis without having to pay the Presley estate anymore? Do you know what just crossed apparently in the public domain that has spawned one of the sickest movie concepts I've ever seen? It's no. Winnie the Pooh as a serial murderer. <laughs> yeah, look it up, Charge. I said, how in the world did they not have this squashed by lawyers? And somebody said, the rights to Winnie the Pooh have expired. Sorry. I had no idea. Fucking really. crazy. Uh, item six, headline, chance of at least four malicious alien civilizations existing in our own Milky Way galaxy on a scale of one to concerned. What do you rank this? All right. Well, first, Stephen Hawking said we should not be publicizing our place in the universe and that we exist because he believes that Earth is a relatively special planet amongst the infinite number of planets and that we would be the target of hostile alien action, if only for our resources, and which could include us, by the way, like enslaving all the humanity. But it could also be just like, you know, blowing up the planet to take whatever, you know, I don't know, whatever resource they wanted from us. Carbon. I don't know. So there's, a, you know, there is, it, if you'd like to believe, though, Zabe, 
by the time a civilization reaches a point that it can travel intergalactically, they have all travel- the resources they need. Yes, and and all they the have all the science all the that they, they need. need. Yeah. Well, you know, decency is tricky. Decency runs on a different <laughs> axis right. from really advanced does. technology, you know? <laughs> it, it, what we consider humane is specifically, you know, to humans. So maybe not, uh, maybe not to the aliens out there. But if you believe there's an infinite number of planets and there's an infinite number of – if there are an infinite number of planets, then Earth should be, right? There should be other Earth-like planets where they've spawned life. And they're on their own multi-million year, you know, timetable. And yeah, there's there's got to be lots and lots of other life out there. I'd like to think that by the time they get to us, they're relatively good about. Have you ever heard of the Fermi paradox? No, I've heard of Fermi Labs, and Fermi was a famous uh, like engineer scientist. I know that Italian American physicist Enrico Fermi is associated with the Fermi paradox regarding extraterrestrial life and aliens. You know what it is? Mm -hmm. It's basically him saying, so if you're so sure there's got to be aliens out there, where are they? It's the conflict between the lack of a clear, obvious evidence for extraterrestrial life and the various high estimates for their existence. In other words, if life is so easy, someone from somewhere should have come calling by now. The Fermi paradox yeah and not only should they have come calling we've been looking 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 out there into the dark with powerful shit for a long time here's what people don't understand fermi does because obviously he's a billion times smarter than me about this but keep the human brain can't conceptualize infinity but here's what you can conceptualize zabe you're sitting on a beach and by infinity i'm talking about the size of the universe the stars the planets in the universe you're sitting on a beach and I, um, uh, you look left and it's nothing but beach. You look right, nothing but beach. You look out into the ocean. I have chosen one grain of sand, one grain, and I have hidden it on that beach. It's not even on the necessarily on the top layer of the beach. It could be down 10 feet deep. Oh, my God. It could be out into the ocean. I have one grain of sand. That's Earth. And I want you to go find it. It's, it's just, it's the infinity. It's the, it's right. not only the People size, can't but conceive then, of that. It, it blows can't. their mind. Of course, the average Correct. American can't conceive of, you know, like a savings account or uh, proper portion <laughs> sizes. <laughs> no, yeah. or a $37 trillion deficit, which is far too big for the human brain either. Exactly. People don't know the difference between a billion and a million. Yeah, no, I bet, they, I they bet don't. 50% of the average slee stacks on the street you said, quick, you put a mic in their face. How many million is a billion? They wouldn't know. They wouldn't know it's a thousand. I bet you're right. This is a, it's the Jay Leno bit, right? The jaywalking yeah, that he used to do. Yeah. This is, this, yeah, I think you're exactly right about that. By the way, I have, it, I've, I've always remembered this. A billion seconds ago, who was president? <laughs> Taft. Jesus Christ walking the earth a billion seconds ago. Right. And, and, and we, you know, and we just spent $40 billion to Ukraine. So, you know, that's, yeah. it's, you know, it's hard to get the, the human brain does not like the cons, these big numbers. We don't yeah. deal with it. Well. Would you rather have a penny doubled for 30 days or $10 million? Yeah. You would instantly go right to the 10 million, right? Uh, well, 
Okay, I botched it. it. A penny doubled every day is $5.3 million. So I wow. should have said a million dollars. For a month? For a month, yes. Wow. A penny over wow. 30 days doubling every time is $5.3 million and change. On the last the last day of my class that I taught. Um, Are you done, I, by the way? Have you quit? Yeah, I'm done. Oh, thank God. You quit. Man, yes. You sent in quit. your notice. No, I didn't. But oh. you know, the class is over. They haven't asked me to come back for next year at this point. I don't know that they would have, and I, don't, and I already know I won't do it. But last day, I explained compound interest. I'm like, what is the one thing I can leave you with outside of this class, to you 20-year-olds, that you can that could be really, really impactful? Compound interest. So I showed them what they could make if they deposited their graduation money, $1,000 of graduation money, and what that would look like at the time of their retirement, you know, 45 years from now when they're retiring. And then I showed them what it would look like if they took that $1,000 and then threw an extra 50 bucks a month at it. Blew their minds. Quarter of a million dollars. Wow. Like, like, oh. And that's yeah. not even in Bitcoin either. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. On the way out the door here, Church, and I thank you for your time, uh, what Minnesota team is closest to a championship? Uh, your Minnesota Wild probably are the closest. They got salary cap problems, but that was a team that was good enough to be playing right now. Had they not had they not hooked the Blues in the first round, but yeah, they had they had one of the best records in hockey last year, and they're probably the closest. But nobody's that closer close. than the Twins. The Twins. It's I want to say the Twins are in first place. The Twins have lost eighteen straight playoff games. It's got a break. Dam's got a break. Dice have to get hot straight. at some point. Okay, uh, oh. the Vikings. Maybe I'm op- I'm optimistic about okay. the Vikings. They're going to tear my heart out again this year. Well, that's what they do. All right, Charge. As always, a pleasure, my friend. Enjoy your summer, and thank you for the full recap of the Tommy Fam Jock Peterson fantasy dispute <laughs> in excruciating detail. And and what a what an expensive mistake that was by Tommy Fam to just bitch slap oh. Jock Peterson. One hundred and forty grand. You could have bought a Lamborghini and drove it into a pit for that much money. Moron. To, pr- to prove that people don't remember the uh, the pimp slap threat, next time I see you, pimp slap. Okay. Your way. All right. I'll, All right. I've got quick reflexes, though. So you better be <laughs> cat quick. Cat quick, my friend. All right, Charge. We'll see you. Thanks, Bye. bud. All right. Good run today. Just me and Charge. You don't need anything else, right? Maybe tomorrow I'll talk about the LIV golf field. And the fact that Dustin Johnson is in it thinking, you know what? I don't want to beat all these young guys anymore. I can't. I won't. Just give me the money, the bitches, the fun. All right. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, rate and review. Tell a friend or two. If you really like it, subscribe on Fridays. Go to zabe.com slash premium and be a true one percenter and help support the podcast. I thank each and every one of you who do just that. Have a great Wednesday, everybody, and we will see you next time. A hundred and sixty-two games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a my bookie deposit bonus. 
Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com. 